It's the Lost Years Pod. Lost Years Pod. Running through this show called Boy Meets World is what we're doing. Sit and tell your friends who will always stand by you. It's the Lost Years Pod. Hello and welcome to the Lost Years, a retrospective fan cast. I'm Tay. I'm Sid. And welcome back to the pod. It's episode nine, baby. Whoop whoop. <laughs> How you doing, Sid? I am doing just fine. Is it Wednesday? It's, it's Wednesday. Wednesday. Yes, when we're recording. I've had this, a yes. week. <laughs> Truly. Uh, but yeah. Honestly, I'm, me I'm too. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about over. it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fine. I'm, I'm doing fine, I guess. I'm happy to be doing this. Yeah, me too. I love podcast time. Disney fixed their aspect ratio, so that's yes, good. Yes, they did. Everybody yelled about it, and they were like, oh, God, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was shocked after uh, you mentioned it on the last pod. I went to look at it on Twitter, and literally, yeah, everyone was just, hey, Disney. Yeah. Hey, Disney. <laughs> <laughs> Including me. I was like, yeah. I, t- <laughs> I tweeted Disney fixed their, Disney Plus fixed their ratio, their aspect ratio challenge. Ugh. You did it. You caused I, it was you me. The ratio. <laughs> I was the camel or the straw that broke the camel's back. I was also the camel. <laughs> I, I was broke everything. my own back. It was crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Sid. What are you nostalgic for this week? I've been trying to think of just some good some good things, some good nostalgia. And I used to play a lot of sports back as a youth. And when I was playing soccer, the Oranges and Capri Suns that the parents would bring for the <laughs> halftime snacks and the post-game snacks. I'm nostalgic for that. That's I've never been more happy to get, like, an orange slice in my life. <laughs> That's so specific. I love that. <laughs> but it was such a good time. Like, sports, fine. Mm-hmm. Snacks, amazing. <laughs> snacks, always good. Always good. Uh, but what about you? What are you what nostalgic for? Nostalgic? It's so funny. I did not think about this question at all. Really? You're um, no, the one who introduced this bit. I know. I introduced the segment and then I, I think I had something earlier in the week and then I forgot to write it down. Let me see if I can just think of something on the fly. Um, <laughs> you know what? Mm. I watched yes. High School Musical on the stream this week. There you go. I am nostalgic for that period of 2006 where yes. all I did was watch High School Musical <laughs> over and over and over. I would come home from school. I would watch High School Musical. That is all I did for about... Mm, Minimum six months, probably way longer. Oh, man. That is a perfect movie. It is a perfect movie. <laughs> we will be taking no criticisms. <laughs> no feedback at this None time. whatsoever. You cannot Unless- tweet at the pod. <laughs> you cannot tweet that High School Musical is not a perfect movie. We will block you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Please tweet at us. We need the engagement. <laughs> hey. <laughs> All right. Want to get into it? Yes. So this is episode nine, Class Pre-Union. It aired November 26th, 1993. And the description is, Mr. Feeney gives an assignment to the class to predict where their life will be by their 20th class reunion. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) That's simply what happens. We'll just jump right into the recap. This cold open, Corey is doing a 60 minutes type intro about being a middle child. His parents come downstairs with Morgan and Corey asks where they're taking the baby of the family. And they say they're going to a birthday party. And 
Amy says to get a close-up of Morgan's new dress, and Corey's like, new dress? And she's wearing a gold necklace. She said, my mommy gave it to me. And Amy's like, I lent it to you. Let's let's be clear. This is not a gift. <laughs> this is a very expensive necklace. Foreshadowing. Hey. Corey is like, all of these things for your youngest child, yet your middle child was trapped in his room, forbidden to go to the movies with his best friends. And Alan just pops his head into the frame, which is uh, very fun and silly, and says, our daughter didn't dial random numbers in Saskatchewan to hear people talk Canadian, which made me laugh out loud. <laughs> no, me too. I've never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's extremely oh, funny. Just to talk Canadian. Talk Canadian. But it made me think about how in the 90s, calling anybody cost money. <laughs> like, long distance calling especially was very expensive. And yeah. That's very fun. It's so fun to think about things that don't aren't a thing anymore, that just don't exist. <laughs> I mean, I call friends across the country all the time now. <laughs> and you don't have to worry about minutes, which is a no. thing we used to have to worry about. Literally in the early 2000s still. Yes. This is a very new thing. Yes. <laughs> Kids these days are lucky. They're so lucky. You had to think about how many text messages you were sending. Oh my gosh. It was terrible. You accidentally click the internet. <laughs> You have to exit out really, really yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to close it immediately. <laughs> yeah. I'm nostalgic for that oh, time God. period. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Can I change my answer? <laughs> T9. All right. So Amy tells Morgan to say bye to her poor, exploited brother. And Morgan says, bye. Sorry, everybody hates you. And they all leave. <laughs> this is a fun vibe that they're constantly giving Corey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one likes you. <laughs> Well, he's the middle child, so he, he has to be put in his place. <laughs> uh, on his way out, Alan says, no calls, no home shopping network, and be careful with my video camera. Another just beautiful moment of foreshadowing. Uh, Corey does a 60 minutes type outro about the plight of middle children and then drops the camera in the process. On a fully black screen, we hear him say, next week, grounded and how to cope with it. Extremely fun. A very good opening scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All around. <laughs> Clever. We love it. Really solid. Doesn't really have that much to do with what's going on in the episode, but still a fun little stinger. Yes, yes. All right. So then we go into the credits and they're in school. They're doing a debate in class as historical figures about taxation without representation. Minkus is King George. Corey is George Washington. Minkus makes a solid argument. Corey makes some kind of joke about how they don't need British goods and they'll get them from Japan. Classic. Feeney asks him to elaborate and Corey's like, what's the point? We all know America wins. And Feeney says, if we don't understand history, we're doomed to repeat its mistakes. Which is true. Mm -hmm. But, you know, America's learned nothing, clearly. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. Uh, Corey's like, who cares about all these Georges? Was every boring guy in history named George? And then him and Feeney share a look and he says, I meant every dead boring guy. And he's like, oh, so the past is boring. Corey's like, yeah, it's over. It's history. It doesn't matter. So Feeney says, well, what about your history? And Corey's like, I'm 11. I have no history. I'm more interested in my future. And Feeney says, okay, let's look at our futures to see if we can avoid future mistakes. Cut to Sean. I smell an assignment. <laughs> Corey says, I swear, I didn't see it coming. And I feel like the way that Feeney introed this assignment and then the way that he talks about it later, it seems like it's a thing that he does all the time. But in this context, Corey just very specifically had to be like, I don't care about the past. I care about the future for George <laughs> to be like, oh, 
well, let's do this assignment that I just thought of right now. <laughs> yeah. I like to imagine that he had it written in his lessons plan in his lesson plan of like <laughs> Here, Corey. <laughs> let's see. <laughs> let's yeah. see when Corey just makes a big deal out of it. <laughs> I was going to say, towards the beginning of this scene, when he's also like, who cares about George Washington? Who cares about King George? I'll be like, let me tell you about the Tony Award winning musical, Corey. <laughs> Everyone's oh, yeah. going to be really into this in like 20 years. I also very much thought about Hamilton in that moment. <laughs> oh, God. Also, Feeney says something um, where he's talking about the creating histories for yourself. And he said, you're going to be the graduating class of the year 2000. And I felt so young. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote that down. It <laughs> broke my brain to hear the, the class of 2000. I was like, in 2000, I was seven years old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was five. I was in Disney World. <laughs> I was not graduating from high school like these kids were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really weird. Like, realistically, they were born in the 80s, which is just bonkers. Anyway, (laughs) we've sort of touched on it, but the assignment is to make personal histories as if they were returning for their 20th high school reunion. Minkus says, a pre-union. That's a a good one, Minkus. He gets me back and forth in the scene of, like, I like you, and then I I don't, and I do, and I don't. (laughs) Yeah, Minkus is weird, this one. Uh, Problems. Just... And we'll get to it. Um, so Feeney says uh, they're the graduating class of the year 2000 and to tell it tells them to think about what they think their life will look like. Minkus asks Feeney if he can bring his wife. And Sean says, Minkus, what's going to marry you? And Minkus says, Topanga. <laughs> like this insane voice, which realistically becomes a trope. People saying her voice in like, or her name in a, in a weird voice. This is the first time we get it though. But all the class goes, ooh. And Topanga, gracious as ever, says, Minkus, I'm flattered that you'd consider me a potential life mate, but I'm not sure I even recognize the institution of marriage. Extremely progressive of this 11-year-old. Uh-huh. Nope, that just became a theme of the episode, was all of the progressive thoughts of Topanga just spewed out. Truly. Also for her to have, like, married parents and be like, I don't know if I recognize marriage as an institution. <laughs> like, she's doing pretty fine. She's had a nice Yeah, she's here. great. Change nothing about yourself. Minka says, trust me, babe, I've seen the future and it's me. And and this insane Elvis sounding voice. And in the moment I wrote down, but I got to respect the hustle. And I don't know if I do, actually. (laughs) I don't know why I wrote that down in the moment. I'm reading it now and I'm like, do I? I don't think that's true, actually. I wrote down after that, Minka's how dare. So we've had two (laughs) two really conflicting, (laughs) like thoughts of this scene (laughs) apparently yeah i mean here's i think the thing i appreciated about it is that he's very clearly nerdy boy right Mm -hmm. but he has this just like insane confidence to be like i am going after topanga and that's who i want and we're going to be married but also take no for an answer minkus like we gotta we gotta respect consent as well (laughs) so that's on me that one's on me that's okay So we go into the second scene. It's in the cafeteria. Corey, Sean, and random third friend is back. Yeah, I I wrote down, what is he doing here? I I forgot, personally. I totally (laughs) forgot. I'm trying to think now if they do actually keep trying to have a random third friend throughout this. Because the, the third friend has been gone for a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's he's changed a couple times, but this is the same kid from the beginning of the show. 
So, is it? Yeah. It's Larry. Larry is a consistent character. from. He's the one that got, like, booted off, which makes me think that they're not recording in it, order. Is it the same Larry or is it a different Larry? Unless they brought in a different kid to be Larry. I could have sworn it was the exact same. I feel like all of those kids had the same, like, dumb haircut in the 90s. <laughs> you don't actually know Like, the if they had hair that was straight, it just did the part. It was the curtain haircut. Like, and so now I'm trying to remember if that's the same. I think it is two different kids, but I do think they had the same name. So maybe the one that they fired, they just recast it and it was still Larry. I'm going to dig a little bit. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out and probably talk about it on our Twitter. So they're all sitting in the cafeteria. Corey asks if Sean is actually going to be a tire salesman. And Sean's like, it's what my dad does. I already know how to do it. Like, it's easy. Corey calls Sean boring. And Sean's like, I'm actually lazy. It's like, let me be clear. (laughs) I just don't want to do any work. Corey asks third friend, whose name is apparently Larry, what he's going to do. And he says his angle is going to be being feeny because imitation is the sincerest form of butt kissing. And Corey's like, aren't we supposed to go as what we want to be? You guys have no vision. And they're like, well, what do you want to go as? And he says, Corey Matthews, center fielder for the Philadelphia Phillies. <laughs> and his friends just laugh at him, which is really not very nice. He needs to go back to the alternative friends, quote unquote, because they were oh all my actually God, very So sweet. they can be supportive. Yeah. yeah. They laugh at him and he's like, what? Like what? And Sean says, you had 31 errors in Little League last season, which is... Quite a lot of errors. Corey says, so I didn't live up to my enormous potential, but it's what we really want to be. Are we going to be men or are we going to be men with boring jobs? And Sean says, men. And then they all bark for some reason, because apparently that's masculinity in the 90s. Yeah, I didn't care for that at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's the end of that scene. We go back to the Matthews house. Corey is working on his project with his mom. Two things. One. The amount of times that they jump between all of the sets in this episode is insane. I'm pretty sure it's in all of the sets. (laughs) Yeah, all of the different rooms. Yeah. Yep. Um, Two, it is the same kid. Is it? It's the same kid. Yeah, this was his third and last episode in Boy Meets World. That's crazy. Why does he look different in my brain? I don't know. But it's the same kid. So after this one is when he was off Boy Meets World. (laughs) All right. Well, yeah, so they must have filmed it in a weird order, which tends to happen with sitcoms. We've talked about that, too. Weird. Mm-hmm. Thank you for looking it up. <laughs> I needed to know it. My the, the part of me that is very into IMDb was like, I have to yeah, do yeah, this yeah. research right now. <laughs> I need to know immediately. <laughs> I need to know no, every other thing have... that they've been in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We have all the information right now that's actually very good. Yes. So Corey's working on his project with his mom, and he thinks Feeney is going to be super blown away by his future. Amy's like, when you're at your 20th high school reunion, I'll be 44. And Corey's like, how is that possible? You're already. And she cuts him off and says, it's possible. And not only that, but it's the way it's going to be. And as someone quickly approaching my 30s, I very much felt that. But I am curious about how old she is in that moment that she's like, I'm going to be 44. And Corey's like, that doesn't make sense. (laughs) I do love that he just calls her out. Yeah, he's like, I don't actually know if that's true. And she's like, no, no, no. It's going to be true. It's the way it's going to be. (laughs) (laughs) Morgan comes in and shows Amy her new necklace. And Amy's like, oh, that's cute. Where'd you get it? And Morgan says, I traded your necklace. And Amy's like, that one is gold and this one is plastic. Can't you see the difference? And Morgan's like, yeah, this one is pretty. <laughs> Morgan doesn't understand. She's a child. 
This is very specifically why you don't give expensive things to five-year-olds, because they don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. They have no concept of money or expensive things. (laughs) Amy brought this on herself. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. Amy asks who she traded with, and Morgan tells her Stephanie. And so Amy goes to call Stephanie's mom to ask for the necklace back, and Morgan's like, but we said black, black, no trades back. Which just somewhere in my heart feels like it's got racist implications. Somewhere in there, I was like... I tried to look it up and nothing came up, but I was like, some some slave trader eventually, or in the past, like, said this phrase, and that's gotta be where it came well, from. Well, I even wrote down, like, was that a phrase, or am I just too right. young to understand what that is? Nah, I've I never heard it. I've never heard it before. I don't like it. I didn't like it at all. <laughs> I didn't like it either. They kept saying it throughout the episode. <laughs> they said it a lot, yeah, yeah. Amy calls the mom and is like, listen, I need that necklace back. It's gold. And the mom is like, well, they said black, black, no trades back. And basically, it seems like she hangs up by the way that Amy looks at the phone, which is hilarious. I <laughs> for the, I mean, it's terrible. But for the mom to be like, well, listen, our daughter's traded. So she's going to keep this expensive gold necklace. Ooh, that mom. <laughs> that, God, we'll get to her. <laughs> So we go into the next scene. They're at school. They're doing their projects, presenting them to Mr. Feeney. Minkus is talking about his future where he's going to be a Microsoft buyout rich genius who owns a software trading company. He was extremely thorough in his work as only a Minkus can be. (laughs) Feeney gives him an A and Minkus is like, on a personal front, me and my wife Topanga just celebrated the birth of our third child, Rainbow Einstein Minkus. Minkus doesn't know how to take no for an answer. Discuss. (laughs) I don't know what is um, what's driving him, especially all of a sudden to be like, this is I'm, I'm going to be with with Topanga. Yeah, very into his studies. And also, just really also has Topanga. his heart set on Topanga. Yeah, I mean, Topanga is also positioned as like a smart student. So I don't know, maybe he's just like attracted to the fact that they're both very smart. The but... boy needs to cool his jets. Like, <laughs> Yeah, he needs to relax. He needs to calm down. Corey comes in in his Phillies getup, and Sean did indeed come as a tire salesman. Corey's like, come on, dude. Like, really? A tire salesman? And Sean says, I'm also a muffler specialist. (laughs) Corey asks him why he has a gut, and he says, my dad's fat, my uncle's fat, my grandpa's fat. Face it, Corey. I'm gonna be fat. Which is a choice. (laughs) Um, I didn't appreciate that line. mm Could have done without it. It's in the show. It's a part of their history. It's the 90s thing is, I mean, this is a thing in general, but I mean, we're slightly better about it now. Positioning fat people as the butts of jokes in television. Yeah. Is, is, there's a long history of that in, uh, in television and culture in general. So not, not great. On track for a 90s sitcom. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So now we go over to Topanga. She's wearing a toga, says she's president of the United States. Feeney calls it ambitious, and she's like, not really. Since I disbanded the military and eliminated nuclear weapons, the job isn't as seductive. Topanga's a leftist? Hello? Oh, and it keeps going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feeney's like, what's with the toga? She says, everyone wears them. It removes the hostile competition that fashion creates. Mm. She's fantastic. Feeney says the world seems peaceful and loving, and she says it is, especially since we moved all men underground and used them just for breeding. Mm, snaps for you, Topanga. <laughs> this is obviously played as a joke, but she is right. That would probably create a more peaceful world. Like, let's be realistic. She's all while wearing a toga. The idea yeah. of a child also just like rolling into school with the toga on and doing all of this is Feeney. I really don't know how I'd react. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> 
Oh, man. I love Topanga. She's truly just like, like, they wrote this to be like quirky and weird, but she's just so ahead of her time. Yep. (laughs) It's a little ironic to have it be with like, also Minkus and Sean's like jokes that they're all like jokes, quote unquote, that they're putting in here. Because it's like, whoa, this is a real 180 that you got. (laughs) Truly. (laughs) These were supposed to be like the funny ones that everyone can relate with are Minkus and Sean. Somehow I'm relating with Topanga. (laughs) So much. So much. So Feeny is like, Minkus just told me you were married. And she's like, "Uh, we don't see eye to eye on our futures. He turns around, he's talking to some kid like across the class. And he turns around and he says, we're married. And she replies, you're breeding stock. And he's like, I'll take it. Which is just (laughs) absolutely fuck wild. He's like, all right, that's enough. Breeding stock. Man, Topanga is my personal role model. Um, (laughs) So uh, Feeny goes over to, or I guess Larry comes over to Feeny and he's dressed exactly like Feeny, basically down to like the shirt and tie, which how would he have known that that's what Feeny was wearing to school? And a little fake mustache. Yeah, simply outrageous. But he goes to talk to Feeny and Feeny sees immediately through his facade. He says, come over here, you little suck up. (laughs) (laughs) Which made me lose it. It was so funny. And Larry's terrified. He's like, ugh. Feeny says someone tries this every year and then asks, like, can you tell me the meaning of tenure? Can you tell me the meaning of curriculum? And Larry, after everyone, is like, I can look it up. And he says, you are nothing more than a poseur. And Larry just, like, looks, like, terrified. He's like, go look it up. And Larry just runs away. Like, he flees <laughs> the scene. Really, really funny scene. He scared a child. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely terrified. Uh, So Corey walks up. It's now his turn. He's very excited to tell Feeny that he's a pro baseballer. He's got a cereal box of himself and apparently dropped out in 11th grade for 6 million a year. And then goes, hurts, doesn't it? Which is just a dick move, Corey. Especially after they just had this entire episode about... (laughs) Teachers being unappreciated. Absolutely. Again, a choice. (laughs) Yeah, a choice. Simply a choice. Feeney's like, well, adjusted for inflation, that's not actually that much money compared to other baseball players. And I'm like, that's still a lot of money in 2000. Six million dollars a year Mm -hmm. is kind of a lot in 2000. I don't know what Feeney's talking about. But whatever. Corey's like, I have uh, investments in buildings with floors and people in them doing stuff. This entire time that Corey was going through the investments about everything, I was like, heck, I sometimes still don't even know what investments are so this could be me talking (laughs) oh it's absolutely me yeah i also don't know what investments why would i need to i have no money to invest in anything (laughs) i'm just trying to live i'm just trying to survive man (laughs) feeny's like how do you handle these investments Corey says i have guys that do all that stuff and and he says oh you have guys he's like lots of guys they're in my buildings What percentage of your salary do you give to your guys? Feeney wants to know. And Corey's like, you're killing me. I really thought this through. Like, I even have a baseball card. And Feeney's like, no, you're floundering. You have no clue, no education to help you get one, and no marketable skills after you're done playing baseball. You attempted the assignment, but not thought it all the way through. So I'm giving you an incomplete. Corey's like, an incomplete? That's an I. That's lower than an F. That's down there by M. He's just like the gesturing he's using. It's so good. The scene is so good for me. Corey says, you can't do this. And Feeney's like, why not? He says, you're not giving me an incomplete on some dinky quiz. You threw me out before I got to first base. You took away my future. He sounds so dejected. He does. 
It's pretty yeah, sad. Yeah, he used a baseball reference when he was trying to make that point. That was also good. I do feel bad for him because, one, sixth grade. You're not right. supposed to have your life completely planned out to this. Like, maybe other students did, like, <laughs> Minkus and Topanga. But, like, I can't imagine that every single kid was like, let me have my life <laughs> completely mapped yeah. out. And Corey actually was very creative in the things that he did. Like, Super creative. I saw his things and thought, man, that would have been a sick project to do. Like, I don't know. But also an incomplete is the worst. Like, I had a couple of those in my day and they're rough. So I just, I sympathize with Corey a lot here. I felt really bad. Yeah, it was really, it was a, it was a sincere bummer to watch Feeney just like, fully rip his dream away from him. And I'm, I'm curious how, like, other students fared. Like, Sean's tire salesman thing. Yeah. Like, was Feeney okay with that? Because it was realistic. Like, you're, you're, he's a kid. You're ripping away a child's dream. That seems really unnecessary. Yeah. And I mean, like he, he got mad at Larry or called him a suck up and everything, but it's like, because Larry was how he said, butt kissing. Like that's what he was doing. But like, this is something that Corey actually wants to do. Even if it is far fetched. Ugh. Yeah. A lot of times I agree with Feeney's assignments. (laughs) This This one's not one of them. Yeah, not so much. So we go into the next scene. There, uh, it's Corey and Eric in their room. Corey pulls a Jim Abbott poster off of like their bathroom door and says, "That should be on the wall of a kid with a future." And then he closes all the blinds for some reason. Eric's like, <laughs> "What are you doing?" He says, "There's nothing out there for me, Eric." Eric's like, "I'm trying to read this magazine. Uh, can you be quiet?" And Corey's like, "What's the point?" And I'll be honest, I had to watch this scene twice because I was so distracted by Eric's shoes on his pillow. Why? Why are we wearing shoes on our beds? Because it's I a just, set. I know it's a TV show, but like, <laughs> then just don't show him laying down on his bed. Just like, ha- like block him sitting. Like his <laughs> shoes are on his pillow. That's crazy. I. It is bad. <laughs> I'm not arguing with you. I'm just <laughs> playing devil's I advocate. Hate it so it's much. A, it's a set. <laughs> It's the worst. Anyway, <laughs> Eric's talking about saving money to buy a Mustang and filling it with cheerleaders. And Corey's like, how are you going to pay for insurance? And he's like, well, I don't know. Maybe dad will help me. He says, what if dad can't afford to help? He's like, I'll get another part-time job. He's like, get another part-time job and go to school. You're nothing but a poser. <laughs> and Eric's like, a poser? Get a load of this pose and makes like a weird bodybuilder pose. I'm shocked that the audience did not woo. Oh, yeah. If I'm being honest. <laughs> Yeah, they simply laughed. Everything that Eric has ever done, no matter if it made sense or not, has gotten an audience reaction that was just too big. Not this one. I can't wait to watch you react to, like, season two onward, Eric. Oh, I always do this where I'm like, oh, I just can't wait till we get to this thing because I'm so excited. Like, oh, anyway, Alan comes in and is like, are you guys ready for dinner? And Eric's like, no, but I'll do anything to get away from Captain Bummer over here. And Eric leaves. Alan goes to talk to Corey. He's like, I heard about the assignment. And Corey's like, it wasn't just an assignment. It was my future. I got an incomplete. I have an incomplete future. And Alan is like, well, it's your future. If it were complete, it would be your past, which is a great point. Mm-hmm. Good, good job, Alan. Corey says his future was all planned out. And his dad said he thought he wanted to be a baseball player. And he's like, I did. But that's not enough for Vini the Dream Crusher. <laughs> True. 
Alan, being the lovely father that he is, says he can do anything he puts his mind to. But Corey says he's going to give his posters to Morgan, so maybe she can color in the baseball uniform. And then asks his dad if anyone ever told him he'd never make it to being a manager of a supermarket. And Alan's like, well, that wasn't exactly what I planned on being. And Corey says, but it's such a cool job, which I really love. Mm-hmm. That's like very sweet. Yeah. Alan says he wanted to build bridges. Corey asked why he gave it up, and Alan said that dreams change. He dreamed of having a wife and a family, and now he dreams of being the father of a Philadelphia Phillies center fielder. Corey says, that's another dream you can kiss goodbye. And Alan says he doesn't give up that easily, and that he still thinks his kid is going to play in the majors. Corey's like, I used to dream like that, but sooner or later, every dream ends, and he's got to wake up. And he leaves to go to dinner. And oh my gosh, Alan. <sighs> Some great parenting moment from Alan there. Yeah. Truly. Truly. Just- because realistically, like, the odds that your kid becomes a famous baseball player are very, very slim. But he's like, no, I'm going to encourage your dreams because you're 11 and dreams are important to have as a child. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love these parents. They're so good. Keeps getting so better. <laughs> Simply, in this next scene, Stephanie yep. and her mom come over for a play date to the Matthews. Uh, and no joke, at first glance, I thought this mom was Catherine Hahn. And I was like, is that Catherine Hahn? And she kind of talked like her, too. I had yeah, to yeah, do yeah. a double take. And it, it's not. Spoiler, it's not. But... I couldn't tell until they got really close to her face. And I was like, oh, no, it's not Catherine Hahn. Whoa, that looks like Catherine Hahn. It was yeah, she definitely talks like her, though, too. Just same same type of just like yeah, nuances like... in her voice. And it's very, mm-hmm. it was very nice. Yeah. It made me miss Catherine Hahn. Yeah. <laughs> Watching Kevin on and WandaVision. I'm nostalgic for when WandaVision came out and I was really excited to watch them. Oh my god. Amy says, I'm glad our disagreement didn't stop the kids from playing together. And the mom says, well, that would be selfish. And Amy offers her coffee and Stephanie's mom says, you're not going to get the necklace back. It's not about the value of it. It's Stephanie's attachment to it. Amy's like, I had no intention of asking for it. And she's like, well, then I'll take some coffee. And they do that fake laugh that you do when you have obvious disdain for someone, but you're (laughs) trying to be polite. We cut over to the kitchen. Stephanie is in there with Morgan. And she's like, wow, you have a lot of neat stuff. And Morgan starts showing off all the stuff she has. She has double chocolate brownies that her mom made, a diamond crown, and a My Little Pony like toy and after each thing Steph grabs for it and it's like ah Morgan's like no no touching no touching yet it's very cute (laughs) it's so cute (laughs) we cut back to Amy and Stephanie's mom in the living room Amy asks her if she works and she says she doesn't have to because her husband is a successful attorney and Amy says that must be where Stephanie gets her flair for negotiations which even more so like if you're already rich and you're you're keeping somebody else's gold necklace just you to be to a, a horrible person. You don't have to steal. You, can you get don't. Your own. <laughs> you're yeah, like she just bragged about being rich, but you're stealing someone's gold necklace. Get a grip. Uh, so then Stephanie walks back in, and she's not wearing any clothes, <laughs> but she has all the stuff that Morgan showed her in the kitchen. She's got a brownie. She's got the little crown on her head, and she's holding the little pink pony. And she says, "Mommy, look, diamonds." And her mom's like, where's your dress and your hat and your necklace? And she said, I traded them. And then Morgan walks in with all of her stuff and she says, my dress, my hat, my (laughs) necklace, which I think is hilarious. And she and her mom thumbs up. And then Stephanie's mom is like, you traded all that stuff for a plastic tiara? 
And Stephanie's like, and a brownie. And her mom's like, and a little pink pony. And she's like, no, I had to trade her something else for the pony. And Morgan says, I'll be needing the keys to your car. And Amy says, you have to understand. It's not the value of the car. It's Morgan's attachment to it. And holds out her hand. (laughs) Honestly, just a brilliant, a brilliant example of hustling. It went very well. I loved this scene so much. It was very good. In the grand scheme of the entire episode, it did not mean much, but I no. love this little side story, and it's just wonderful. Yeah, it was just like a very small, very fun B storyline that made me laugh quite mm-hmm. a bit. So we're still in the living room. I'm assuming it's later or the next day or something. Eric is on the phone trying to explain away cheating or something, it sounds like. Corey runs down into the kitchen and then runs back out, takes the phone from Eric and says, call her back, and hangs up. And Eric's like, are you crazy? I don't even know who that was. <laughs> Which what? <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't understand that at all. I didn't understand it at all. It makes no sense. <laughs> like, he was literally like, oh, she kissed me. Like, it wasn't anything. But like, you didn't know. Who th- then what are you having a conversation about? I don't. <laughs> Weirdly written. Uh, Corey calls Sean and says, Sean, call everyone and get them over to my house now. Jim Abbott is in my kitchen. And Eric's like, ha, are you crazy? One of the best players in the major, in major league baseball is in our house. And Alan just like slowly walks into the kitchen, kind of almost sheepishly is like, guys, there's someone here I'd like you to meet. And it's Jim Abbott. He walks into the living room and they just both stare mouth agape for like two back and forths. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then he's like, well, I guess you don't want to meet him. They start to like go back into the kitchen and they both scream. It's a very fun scene. Mm -hmm. Jim shakes their hands and says to Corey, your dad told me a lot about you. And Corey's like, he has, he, how did you, what, why are you in my house? And Eric says, Corey, don't bug the man with a bunch of little boy questions. And then says in a deeper voice, so Jim, why are you in our house? Which is extremely fun. Jim sits down with them and is like, well, I heard Corey want to be in the majors. And Corey's like, oh, I gave up on that. Guys like me don't make it to the majors. And Jim says, well, there's a guy I know who always dreamed of playing in the majors until a teacher said it wasn't a good idea. Corey's like, oh, this sounds familiar to me. Jim's like, yeah, I had a high school coach who said I'd never make it. And that just made me work way harder. Corey's like, did you ever go back and rub it in his face? And Eric's like, oh, no, Jim's too cool for that, right? And Jim's like, actually, I set him a tape of my no hitter, which I think is very fun because that's exactly what I would do. I did love that. Yeah. Corey's like, well, I guess you showed him. And Jim's like, well, he actually showed me to the University of Michigan. Corey's like, well, why did he do that? And Jim says he was smart enough to know that even if I didn't make it in the majors, I'd at least have an education to back me up. And he says, you'll be all right because you've got one big thing going for him. And Corey's like, oh, yeah, you heard about how well I bunt, which I think is very (laughs) funny. And Jim's like, well, that and the fact that you have a great dad who lets his kid have big dreams. And he's also crazy enough to send 63 telegrams to a total stranger. (laughs) Telegrams! Telegrams! (laughs) Like, I didn't even know telegrams still existed in the 90s. Uh -uh. I just, they didn't even know each other. I think that's a very bold thing of Alan to do. Yeah, I when it first introduced the scene, I thought that they were like old buddies. Yeah, I like, also thought old friends. Yes, were, like went to college together, or just like something, you know. And it's just like, nah, he just got in touch with me. <laughs> he literally stalked me until I answered. <laughs> Which, like, bold, not not great, but bold, not great. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad it worked out, but also. Yikes, Alan. Alan's like, you only got 63 of them. And Corey is like, you did that for me, dad? How'd you know he'd show up? 
Alan says, I didn't know, but a guy can dream, can he? I'm not going to lie. I did tear up. (laughs) I had a moment. I was like, that's really sweet. He asked Jim to sign some baseballs for the boys. And then Corey's entire, like, all the guys in his class run in the back door, including Minkus, who brought a basketball. Honestly, hilarious. (laughs) Little nerd. I think what is also fun about the scene, um, one, I found out from online, and the second, I actually knew which I knew who this baseball player was because of my dad, which was really neat. Um, because fun. I went, I grew up in Michigan, and so did Jim. That's right. Because he's actually from Flint, and like he said in the show, he University of Michigan. And mm-hmm. what was also just interesting and awesome about him is he was born without a right hand. I don't know if you noticed that. Um, no. So that's what makes it very interesting to this entire scene because it's like, hey, a lot of people told me that I couldn't. And he's a very successful baseball player um, professionally and like played for the Yankees and just played like yeah. in multiple places across the country. So that's big. And actually, the thing that I found out from online was he filmed this episode a few months after that no hitter. Like it was really oh. recent. So that was like a little jab that they just threw in there. But that was a big deal. So. Oh, my God. Wait, that's so good. I didn't know any of that. Yeah, look at that. Michigan. I love that. <laughs> Yay. Coming in handy. This is what the podcast is for, people. (laughs) Love that. So we go to the next scene. Corey's practicing in his backyard. He's tossing and catching a ball. And he tosses a ball over Feeney's fence on accident. And Feeney just, like, pops up from behind the fence. And it's like, it's gone. He keeps the ball. And Corey's like, come on, Mr. Feeney. And he says, you know the rules. You start respecting my property line. And I'll start respecting (laughs) your property. And honestly, bonkers. You're right there. Just give him the ball back. I know. He's like two feet away from the bucket. (laughs) Your backyard is so small. Like, both of your yards are so small. Like, it's fine. Simply, (laughs) Feeney is not my favorite in this episode. This is a little unnecessary. Corey complies. He's like, oh, by the way, I straightened out my future. I'm going to be a baseball player. And Feeney's like, oh. Corey says, a friend of my dad. I don't want to drop names, but let's just say Jim Abbott. We all talked, and I'm going to go to college before I go to the majors. I'm going to make a name for myself playing college ball before I turn pro. Feeney's like, well, um, all that sounds great. It seems like he worked very hard to get to where he was and that you learned something from him. And you did better than expected. So I guess you deserve something. Corey's like, is this your way of saying you're turning my incomplete into an A? And he's like, this is my way of saying play ball and dumps all the balls he's presumably collected from Corey back into his backyard. And that's the end. So I guess he still has it incomplete. (laughs) (laughs) We get no resolution on that. Which again is a really rough grade to kind of recover from, you know? (laughs) Really rough. I did appreciate the little compromise like that they made even that like Feeney is not my favorite in this episode I think he's extremely mm-hmm. harsh on Corey but even when Corey was like no nah, I'm still gonna go to college and everything Feeney was like nice that's something <laughs> at least yeah. you're doing one thing <laughs> yeah 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 part of it was he was like I'm dropping out in the middle of high school to play yeah. for six million a year and Feeney's like that's stupid <laughs> which <laughs> go to college <laughs> I mean could be yeah you should yeah. maybe go to college very rare for people to get drafted out of high school but but... I did like the funny dump of the balls <laughs> <laughs> There were so many different sized balls in that little bucket. Again, he could have just, like, given him the basket or something and been like, just return it. They're literally neighbors. (laughs) They're literally neighbors. You also see him every day at school. Like, it's not like he can run from you. (laughs) Simply outrageous. So we go to the end credits. Amy and Alan are sitting on the couch eating ice cream and watching some show together. Alan's like, does it ever bother you that I never built bridges? And Amy's like, 
what? <laughs> it's a very out of the blue question. He's like, I never became an engineer. And she's like, well, does it bother you? And he says, sometimes you think you married a failure. She's like, well, you've got a really good job where people respect you. You've got three beautiful children who are fast asleep. And you've got a wife who has nothing to do for the next half hour. And they look at each other with like all the sexy eyes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I immediately thought was the 30 minutes. <laughs> what is, do you have plans after this, Amy? What are you doing after 30 minutes from now? I know. I like the only thing that I could think of was going to bed, but also like, right. I don't know. Why wouldn't you just, like, wouldn't you be going together? <laughs> why is there a time limit on it? This is very confusing. It's very confusing. But they start making out and an arm with a camera just like pops up from behind the couch, which is simply insane. Corey <laughs> is filming them. He says, could you do something interesting? This kissing stuff is not going to hold my audience's attention. Is he trying to film porn of his parents? I guess it was weird. <laughs> Like a like fun but like weird way to end the episode. <laughs> so weird. Amy's like, it was holding my attention until the new news crew showed up. And Corey says, this is television. Give me some action. Again, me feeling like Corey wants to film a porno with his parents. Why? What? What? Action? Why? What are you talking about? <laughs> Do you even know what you're asking for right now, Corey? What are you doing? <laughs> Explain yourself. Who wrote this? I have questions. <laughs> Alan's like, you on action, how about a chase scene? And tries to get the camera from him. And then he chases Corey upstairs. And Corey keeps yelling, cut. And it's very funny. And that's the end of the episode. A little moment I liked on this was that the whole time that um, his parents were being annoyed at the fact that he was filming him, Alan was just like still stroking Amy's arm. I'm like, they're so in love. These people are so in love. They're such a cute couple. Especially because of the whole, do you think I'm a failure? It's like, no, you're not. You have all these great things. Like, oh, you're so sweet. (laughs) They're great. It's so great to just like have a really healthy portrayal of like parents and also like spouses on a TV show. It's like that moment in like a few episodes ago where they were like, well, actually my husband has all of these things going for them. Actually, my wife has all these things going for her. Like, I love that. I love little moments where we get to watch them be in love. Yeah. And just like relationship in general, like they're just Mm -hmm. even like without all the kids. I know that's the point They're the parents, but like, they're just, they're really supportive of each other no matter what. And it's just nice. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. (laughs) Well, that was episode nine. What was the lesson, Sid? Okay, so it'd be really, really easy to just say, don't give up on your dreams. <laughs> but, I mean, that's pretty much but it. But I think another part of it is that life's not going to always go the way that you plan it. And sometimes your priorities change, but that doesn't mean that you should give up on your dreams is what I took away <laughs> from this episode. <laughs> No, that's really good. I truly, I don't even have anything to add to that. That was, uh, that's perfect. Cut. We're done. Correct. (laughs) All right. End of the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Um, (laughs) No, but that is the end of the podcast, though. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, (laughs) But yeah, thanks. (laughs) Be sure to rate and subscribe on iTunes. It really helps us out. And wherever you get podcasts, you know. Yeah, uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Lost Years Pod. We are. Also, do have an email. One day, we'll say that right. <laughs> yeah, one day we won't have problems saying you can email us. <laughs> at, geez, at, nope. The Lost nope, Years Pod at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, just real quick. The Lost Years Pod at gmail.com is our email. <laughs> I don't know why that's so hard for me to say. Um, it's okay. I'm too used to speaking and like social media handles that now yeah, that's yeah, yeah. just what my mind does so there you go 
When I made all the handles, I could have just made them Lost Years Pod, but I really felt the need to include the for some reason. That's okay. <laughs> I think it's fine. Like, it's fine. It makes sense. But also, should it be there? <laughs> it's, it's too late, late now. now. <laughs> anyway. Personal things, you can find me on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash it's Tayco, T-A-Y-Y-C-R-O is how you spell that. It's a it's a good time. This episode's coming out on a Tuesday, so I'm almost certainly streaming tonight. Sid might be, be there. We play Fall Guys together sometimes. So come hang out. It's a fun time. That's all I want to mm-hmm. promote. I only ever want to promote my Twitch. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I want to promote anything. You don't have to. Yeah, I've not been fun. <laughs> <laughs> I've not been creative recently um, (laughs) on my personal stuff, so yeah, um, yeah, we'll get back to being creative eventually. It's fine. This is a lot of creativity, personally. I Um, think (laughs) part of me, I I just want to do more. I know, (laughs) I I know. To do other things, we gotta be kind to ourselves for doing a lot, you know. Yeah, we're still in a weird time. It's still a weird time. (laughs) It's still technically a peninsula. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Mm -hmm. I love hearing other people's words. Anyway, thanks again for listening. Oh, and thanks to Tay for our intro and outro music. Oh, thanks. It's still really good. I'm going to say it every time. (laughs) Thanks. Yeah. Until next time. You're Tay. You're Sid. Just like it's always been. What else do you need to know?